This is CliffCentral.com. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to Future CEOs. My name is Gareth Armstrong. We just had a fascinating conversation with an award-winning or multi-award winning executive who is still here with us in studio. Joe Kay, thank you for remaining with us for the this next half hour. Thank you. So people now know who you are because they did listen to the first half hour. Let's go around the rest of the studio and get everyone else to introduce themselves and then I will introduce what this conversation is about. Liesl, you have a interesting background, not just an interesting background, but I think maybe you could be categorized in the same type of way, a potential award winner, that kind of thing, because you do some very fascinating work at RMB. Is that right? That's right. I head up RMB's Innovation Lab, so our disruptive tech unit called The Foundry. Mm. But I also am um, a founding member and part of, or very proud to be part of our agenda program called Athena, which Lovely. is the award-winning piece. Yeah. And uh, Roy, who's here, and I'll introduce him and ask him to introduce himself in just a moment, said that Athena is the, the opposite of the RMB male line in the logo. Is that right? No. So Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a piece of Good art try, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> that has some reflection of that, but Athena actually is is an attempt to change the face of leadership in financial services starting with RMB. Okay. So it's not really about women being the opposite of men or taking over what men are doing. It's recognizing the amazing work that men do in our industry. Lovely. Um, but also recognizing that we've got a balance problem mm. and trying to trying to just bridge that gap find a way that we can make our organizations places where women can thrive just as much as men, Fantastic. but in a very loving way. Uh, my my co-host, uh, who's a fan of yours, Roy, is not here, uh, and she would have loved to have met you, Liesl, but um, uh, it was a good try, Roy. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back. You, you're, not, you're no stranger to the Future CEO studio, um, but just maybe there are a few people that don't know who you are. Quickly introduce who you are and why you are here. To- so I'm the Managing Director of Clarkhouse Human Capital. We're a human capital business enabler, and we look at cutting trends within human capital, and uh, that covers a range of aspects um, around employee analytics, um, transformation, diversity is the big one that we talk on, gender transformation. We work with clients to help you know, facilitate growth in that phase. Now, uh, let's you and I introduce this conversation together because as we are speaking here, there's a conference on the go. Uh, Organized by you and your business, uh, and it's all around diversity. Give us the 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 thirty second pitch for the conference. So it's actually called Diversity Day. We've avoided the conference kind of stigma to it, Ah. but it's really around challenging people's thoughts around what does diversity mean. Mm. Diversity has become another buzzword, um, widely spoken about, but seldom understood. And what we've tried to do is look at all the human capital expressions within this complex diversity equation and break them down to say, well, what is diversity? What does it actually mean? How can we look at it from an organization perspective to help organizations grow and be more innovative, you know, embrace culture a lot better, embrace transformation a lot better. Because a lot of people look at diversity and go, it's either male or female Mm. or black 
all white, specifically in the South African context, and it's not. It's much bigger than that. It's ever-evolving. It's very complex. And, and so today we are speaking about diversity and the opportunity that diversity brings to really take your organization and perhaps even your career as well and I think put it on some, some booster rockets uh, because diversity and diverse thinking, uh, the ability to pull diverse views into a room and, and collaborate is really – it does seem to be the future – um, and let's let's do that right now. Um, who wants to start? Let, let's try and do exactly what you were saying. Let's get behind this thing, which is just a word that represents a lot. Uh, ladies, one of you would like to would you like to start and just just give us your view on diversity, and then uh, let's get a bit let's get quite practical very quickly in our conversation together here, please. So diversity really points to the heart of a human being. So we are each ourselves. Right, And that means we are fundamentally completely different to one another, whether we're all women or all men or all black or all white. We're all completely different. Mm. And for organizations to get diversity rights, they need to understand that very simple concept and create organizations that allow us all just to be authentic to exactly who we are. If we aren't, and often what happens in organizational cultures is we hold on to the culture so deeply that we all end up being how the culture demands. Mm -hmm. And so we, I talk about this pack and the Mowgli and trying to be Mowgli and a pack of wolves. Mm. But it's all about how do we make sure we don't get into that pack and how do we make sure that we can have a functioning organization where people can be authentic to exactly who they are. And it's really difficult to create that because we all have different needs in order to thrive. And our needs are completely different if we're men or women or from different cultural backgrounds. But organizations can create that. Also, people excel if they can be authentic to who they are and mm. they can bring their individual excellence. You see productivity increase, you see creativity increase, you see innovation increase because we all have a different calling, we all have a different drumbeat, we all have a different skill. I was in a meeting just the other day where the, uh, the leader in the room uh, pointed at someone and the, the meeting went in a totally different direction because he asked the question, so what do you actually want to be doing here? I mean, why are you really, really here in this business? What do you want to do? How can, how can we maximize your potential was really the question I think that mm -hmm. was, was being asked. Okay. And I, I, I um, totally agree with um, Liesl on the fact that authenticity leads to more creativity. And the more creative you are, um, the better you can contribute to the organization. As, as you know, my, um, my own pet passion area is about human excellence and the fact that everybody has some form or iota of excellence in them. We just have to find what that excellence is and help them to bring it out. And then once that we find what the, what the, area of brilliance is and they can shine in that area well can you imagine how boring and how unproductive an organization will be if we all thought in the same way can you imagine where the world would be if everybody still thought we should have big mainframe computers mm. can you imagine if nobody ever invented the telephone or even after the telephone was invented nobody ever allowed it to become small enough to put in my handbag or, or small enough for it to hold all sorts of um apps that we're using today it is diversity that has gotten us as far as we are otherwise we would still be using stones 
to light fires in the caves. But I, I've, got to, I've got to challenge this a little bit from one, a certain perspective, and maybe it's the, an R&B behemoth kind of sp- perspective, because uh, it always seems like the people that are reinventing and being creative are on the outside of the large organizations, not on the inside. Roy, what is, what is your thinking here? Be- to get a, a large organization saying, be creative, but deliver on all of these KPIs that I'm setting for you and you better deliver on them or else, that's a bit of a tall order. I always have a laugh around um, organizational cultures that say we want to hire the best and brightest and think outside the box. And as soon as they're brought into the organization, they are put in a box and they are, you know, set a taped up and said, do not even think out of that realm. Mm. And and it's exactly to your point that the big disruptors and the people who are actually adding the different dimensions are the people who actually maybe don't fit in. And those are the people we need to be embracing and challenging and running with. Um, so diversity on its, its own needs to be looked at holistically. It needs to be going, how do we actually bring in leadership into this culture? We, we talked about culture earlier. In, inherently cultures are designed to protect themselves. So what do they do? If something starts coming with different ideas, yeah, it, spits, it, it, yeah. it spits it out. Mm. I know of so many companies who hire innovators to bring them in, and that company spits that innovator out within 12 months. Mm. That's just the way it is. So it's about challenging that norm. I think people see diversity as a fear, and it's a we've got to kind of bottle up. And I, you know, we're trying to break that myth to say, like, embrace it. Embrace that fear of diversity. It's not a bad thing. It's actually an important imperative thing in the fourth industrial revolution. Liesl, you've got the the foundry, that, mm. but I, I, does it work like a independent unit where uh, you're able to do all these incredible things, but then meet with massive resistance once you try and introduce that into the business? Is that is that your experience so far? Uh, because I think you're then the go-to person to speak about this idea of trans- transforming the behemoth, allowing creativity to shine. What is your experience? Yeah, so in the beginning it was. A very difficult task to take on. Like, how do we create a lab that can experiment in investment banking, a very highly regulated industry? Mm. And actually, where we started was culture. So that was the starting point. Before we built anything, hired a single person, we started with what is the culture that we would need in this place to infect the bank? Mm. And someone actually described us as a virus the other day, and I I was very proud of that description because I quite like being a virus that's infecting the organization, but it does actually work. So we are we are free to some extent. Now, understanding to be free in a bank is not really free. Mm. We we have very strict boundaries in terms of what we can and can't do, and we strictly um, sort of isolated from a security perspective. Which is appropriate, of course. Which is totally appropriate. And at the same time, we're allowed to hire people that aren't bankers. So my team are creatives and engineers and software engineers, and there's not a banker in sight. There's mm. the only one CME. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's amazing. Mm. So people are thinking completely differently. And when you take those amazing people and you partner them with this incredible IP within R&B, which already has an innovation culture, and you put those two together, some magic is really starting to happen. Now. Mm. And as long as you do it in a respectful way, and as long as you don't, neither party thinks they're cleverer than each other, it really, in R&B, is working. Mm. Okay, very Look, nice. it hasn't been a, a, the easiest route, but we've figured it out without too many, too much blood on the floor, let's mm. put it that way. Yeah, sure. and, and now we are feeling that the organization 
um, is actually not only embracing but pushing us harder than we would have probably been able to push ourselves because being an innovative organization, they're going, wow, we want to do this and this and this and can you do that and that? So it becomes very exciting, but it is a leadership. So the leadership has to back it, which we had. There seems to be a – sometimes when these new words crop up, people will say, no, but hold on, that's been around forever. We're always supposed to have been collaborating in teams and working together in teams that are diverse. Uh, But in this particular instance, what we are doing is there there seems to be a movement as well as a result of technology. Things like swarm learning and and, and, and that's coming to the fore now. And I mean, I've seen a number of different organizations that offer the most incredible opportunity to access uh, young people, old people, uh, white people, black people, whatever it is across the globe to try and get information out of them, data out of them so that they can augment or fix or improve or create products and services. Roy? So I hope I don't mess this up, but technology makes it possible. Mm. Humans make it happen. Mm. And there will always be that human element within that. And I think technology is allowing more diverse thinking and allowing transformation to more technological ways. Um, But again, it comes down to the human element and how we can allow that human excellence, Joe that you talk about, human excellence to come out in people. Mm -hmm. And how do we tap this incredible African continent of ours that, by the way, is the most diverse in the whole globe, (laughs) uh, most minerals, Genetically, the most diverse, you know. So, so how do we tackle all of that from that perspective? And um, you know, in the African perspective of diversity, haven't had the opportunity to travel all the way from Cape Town to Cairo, Cape Town to Cairo, from uh, Senegal, Gambia, all the way to Ethiopia. What I find across the continent is that not just do we have all this mineral resources difference in topography and geography, uh, we have. Uh, a cultural system in in inside the tribes that gives us so much more richness mm. and and a closeness to the earth and a closeness to reality and authenticity than I, I think in many other parts of the world and because we're still close to our tribal diversity i think it's time that we begin to harness that even in the corporate setting um like you said intentionality in a large corporate is important in terms of bringing in um, the opportunity to harness diversity or whether it's to bring about innovation. If the leaders do not buy in into human excellence, um, it, you know, bringing about change in an organization is like having a shower with a shower head upside down. Mm. It's really hard. Mm. If you put the shower up, you know, at the top, then it goes all the way down. So it is important for large corporations to ensure that even as we are as we are growing our leaders, they are, they are growing with the mindset of embracing diversity. And whatever is not measured is not managed. Mm. So I worked in a financial institution in the past where innovation was important to us. We were the disruptive element in, in the banking industry in the West African area at that time. And basically, we measured it. Part of your performance appraisal on an annual basis had innovation as part of it, as well as self-development. What have you done to develop the work in your work area to make it more either faster or more convenient for the client? What have you done to change the processes from eight-step processes to four-step processes? What have you done in terms of innovation that has brought about cost control, cost reduction, or efficiency improvements? And if we put these, and it has to be intentional across the organization that we do value innovation and we do measure it and then people will go out for that Mm. Mm. i like this idea of measurement 
Yeah, and I think just to add to that, people, our humanity, something in the DNA of a human being has this innovative need, this need to add value. It's almost like we're born with it. And if we recognize our own humanity rather than trying to say, oh, put you in a box because you've got that skill or you in a box, rather to say we are this one human race, we can be absolutely incredible together. But what do you bring and you bring and you bring and you bring? And we put that together. That's what diversity is about. It's less about... Let's pick this, you know, you can't put a whole group of people that you devise together. It's something that comes quite naturally from human excellence. And the only way you get that is if you recognize this beautiful humanity that we are. And that's the intent. So it's about being quite intentional as an organization, but the intent can't be about trying to put numbers together. The intent has to be to create a place where everyone can thrive. That's the intent. Mm. When you get that right, that's when people just rock up in amazing ways. I like that a lot. The intent to create an environment for people to thrive is so important, but I do believe we have a ball and chain behind most organizations Mm. because the system won't allow it because you have outdated practices, outdated remuneration practices. People are often remunerated on P&L, so they play it safe. Mm, Exactly. Because... They're not, they're not encouraged to fail. So if they're not going to fail, they're going to hire who's, they're going to hire another Roy. Because if, if I hire another Roy, it's kind of playing safe. Mm. But if I hire a Gareth or a Joe Kay, it could be exponential. It might dip a little bit in the beginning. Which, which it, it is, is, is actually a worthwhile thing. I'm, I'm out of the banking game for a while. You know, I I worked there many years ago. I don't, might have changed, but from the research we've done, it's still a lot of, a lot of work needs to be done. And if you want to comment from your perspective. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just banking. I think it's in all industries. And the more conversations like this I have, the more I realize it's not just banking. It's it's yeah. anywhere. It's the same thing. People want to hire people that are just like them because that feels safe. And actually what we've got to move to is hiring people that are really quite irritating because they're really clever mm-hmm. and they're really amazing, but yeah. they're just really irritating. And if we can work out as leaders, how do we get on with people that just push our buttons? That's how we're going to get the innovation because it's them irritating us that gets us going, oh, I'm going to have to do that thing now because you've awoken me to something I didn't know before. Mm. If we can start working like that, sometimes people think at work we all have to be friends. I don't believe that at all. Mm, I agree. I'm not saying it has to be a war at work. <laughs> We shouldn't be fighting, but we should really be making each other sit back and, and have really interesting conversations about stuff that's just would never have come into our frame of reference. Well, surely, especially if we're managing an environment or are looking after a team, surely if that team is asking us questions or should be asking us questions on an ongoing basis, that pushes us off balance. And if we're not off balance, we're maybe not doing the right thing. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Exactly right. That's how, that's how you grow. That's like creative disequilibrium. Mm. So you, you, you challenge one another and, and, and challenge one another in a professional way, knowing that it's nothing personal. I mean, uh, you know, in some organizations that I've had the fortune of working in, like Guarantee Trust Bank, it's amazing. But you go into a meeting and you could be best friends, but if you disagree with one another, you're going to take that person head on and you're going to mm-hmm. challenge that position and you're going to challenge the thought behind the logic. And that's it. And you go outside and you can have a drink together, you can have dinner together. It, it's, it's nothing personal. But I do find that in a lot of um, African organizations, that's not necessarily true anymore. Uh, I don't think it's I mean, it's 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 not very common. That's why I still remember it. I, I don't think there's anywhere else I have worked in a in a in an African organization that that 
that held true. Maybe in international organizations, I had some cases where they were, it was really nice and professional and mm. nothing personal. But whenever you put a team together, you have egos working as well. And that's the biggest thing. And one of the things that, um, Disturb, disturbs innovation and disturbs the embracing of diversity is the ego. I'm the boss. I've been here longer than you. It doesn't mean you no, know everything. I've got a, I've got a PhD. <laughs> what can you tell me? Roy, how do you get past the PhDs? How do you get past the ego? How do you get past some of these barriers that are there that prevents diverse thinking or diverse teams coming together and collaborating and producing something incredible? How do you get past it? I think two words stick out for me. Vulnerable leadership. Okay. Um, I think leadership today needs to change. It needs to be around how can you step up and be brave. This is based on vulnerable leadership is work done by Brene Brown. Um, it's a, one of the topics discussed in today's conference. And it's all about, as a leader, sometimes you don't know it all. And you can be vulnerable. Because I think all leaders, especially when I grew up, you've got to be bulletproof. You've got to know everything. Mm. I've got to be smarter, better, faster, quicker. And you know what? You can't be. But if you channel all everyone else to help you you can't be the center forward the center back and the goalie in in football you've got to be your be your captain and you know what they're actually better players than you and that's okay and i think that's where i think you can get around the ego and the phds and i think a lot of organizations need to step away from that I think we were just talking about this idea of technical versus people and this, this, uh, I mean, it's really an interesting continuum. When you start in business, you, you are very technical generally. Uh, a CA is sitting over here and that, mm. that's where you would have functioned. And if you function really well there, then they promote you and they promote you further, but then they're promoting you on technical excellence versus the ability to, to be really good with people. Then suddenly you find yourself in a position once you hit senior executive level or, or mid, mid level even. Where you're working primarily with people And you need to get the best out of them it's a, it's, This is a fascinating conversation It's a conversation we've almost run out of time on Maybe what we can do is Let's go quickly around the studio And let's just have a final word On this idea of diversity And how to really get the best out of our people What's the one thing that we can do And, we, and of course we can't cop out and say Oh no, she took mine uh, so, so, <laughs> so let's go around the, around the room. Uh, would you like to start? Yes. In the in in handling diversity, we should realize that diversity is a good thing. Um, difference is not is not a negative word. It's a good thing, mm. and we need to learn to harness and embrace it, and bring out the best in others and ourselves. Mm. And I think one of the things I would ask the PhDs and the, and the leaders to please do is get over yourself. You know, mm. just just you know, come out of yourself and and build something bigger. It's not about you. Mm. Very nice, Liesl. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is about intent and your attitude. So if we go to work with this intentional attitude of caring for this humanity that we're all a part of and caring about these other human beings that are in our spaces and intentionally look to find their excellence that's where diversity starts to find its magic. Mm, fantastic. Roy? Sure. How do I top that? Um, so I would encourage people to embrace diversity and look at it from an entire spectrum. You know, don't look at it in isolation. Mm. And I need to bring my daughter into this. She's, she's a big inspiration behind my drive around diversity thinking. And there's a, you know, kids' movies, you watch a thousand of them with them. And uh, there's a, a movie called Trolls. And there's a section there where the trolls all become gray. And, they, and she said to me one day, Daddy, don't be gray. 
And I think that's what diversity is mm. about, not being great, not growing your thinking, not growing your innovation, not growing your culture, not growing your leadership. And there's a part where they talk about show, they sing, show your true colors. And it's a really, it's a really cool little clip. Mm. And I think diversity is about showing your true colors and allowing people to show their true colors. And, and you know, stop being afraid. Mm. I like that. And, and that's, a, that's a really great, way, great phrase to, I think, end this discussion on stop being afraid. Don't be afraid. Joe Kay, thank you very much. Liesl, thank, thank you. you very much for being here. Roy, thank you. It's good. You. Great to have you back in studio. And all the best to all three of you for the rest of the conference. Um, I hope it goes really well. Thank Thanks you. very much. Thank you. All right. We'll be back same time, same place. Future CEOs next week, Thursday, 1 until 2. See you then. This is CliffCentral.com.